You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Fresh off the bye, the Bills come from behind in the fourth quarter to defeat the Dolphins 31-21 today in Buffalo at New Era Field. With the Bills this season, it's it's never really very pretty, is it? But the Bills go 5-1 for the first time since 2008. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and here to discuss this Bills game and recap, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, are you uh, ready to discuss the Bills' win today? Oh, I'm ready. Trust the process. What about you, Mike? Nay, happy to be here with you. Love talking to you when the Bills win. I think people were looking for a statement game. This wasn't a statement game, but a win is a win in my book. I Okay, I want to start off the podcast with that thought because I'm having this issue mentally coming to grips with a win is a win. I know a win is a win, and at the end of the season— if the Bills make the playoffs or get a wild card spot or whatever, I'm not going to be thinking about this game later. But I, I just I feel like I needed a more convincing win today from this team if they're going to be legitimate. Because I'm under the impression that with the way that the AFC is right now with Mahomes going down this last weekend and there really not being a team out there that really scares me. And when I say that, I, I'm also talking about the Patriots because the Bills were one block punt away from being the Patriots, right? So if you look at it, and the Patriots are by far the best team in the AFC record-wise, we're next. And then, you know, it's a bunch of other teams that could be good, but are, in my opinion, are beatable at any given Sunday. So to me, there's a chance that this team, based on how crappy the AFC is right now, that they could potentially go to the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying they will. I'm not saying there's a good chance of it. But they could, based on how good the defense is, the the offense's newly found ability to not turn the ball over. And so I'm looking at all these things. I'm like, oh, the Bills could potentially be a Super Bowl contender this year, Like, which is insane to even think or say that out loud. But the issue I'm having is if you're going to be that team, you cannot just barely be one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. And... The problem I'm getting over, I'm I, I'm trying to get over mentally, is can this team still be that potential Super Bowl contender and still just barely beat uh, an 0-6 or an 0-5 Dolphins team coming off the bye, which has been like historically bad and is tanking for Tua right now? I mean, what do you guys think? Is Can you still be that team? Should I not have su- such high hopes or... Or were you guys not discouraged at all with today's win? I wouldn't say I'm discouraged at all. I mean, I obviously I would have hoped that they would have, you know, beat them by 40 points. But, I mean, th- there were some other factors involved. I mean, the, Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing. Um, 
they've been playing better with Fitzpatrick. Uh, Milano was out, and that kind of hurt us in the run, run game. Um, but overall, you know, they were expected to win, and that's what they did. They won. You go back three years, two years, and, and imagine telling ourselves then that we'd be bellyaching about a win to go five and one. It's ridiculous. We're all just prisoners of the moment where we caught up like, oh, we were supposed to win by like a kickoff, right? They were favored by 17. Oh, we didn't win by 17. If you're looking for the statement, it's the record. The statement is the record. Like you go five and five the rest of the way and you're going to have your first double digit win season in decades. Um, And you're almost guaranteed a playoff spot at that point. So for me, awesome. So I don't follow any other team the way that I follow the Buffalo Bills, obviously. So even even the New England Patriots, like I know what their end record is, and I know kind of know the teams that they're winning against and losing against throughout the season. And I know that the, even the Patriots lose some games that they shouldn't lose, right, against like the Dolphins last year and stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess I'm wondering, do those teams that go to the Super Bowl just have barely, do they just barely win against these awful teams also and sometimes lose to them? Or are they demolishing them like they should be, like Super Bowl contenders should? I guess that's where my dilemma comes in. I'm still happy it's a win. I'm still glad there were five and one, obviously. This is amazing. And I'm not tr- trying to say that a win isn't a win because in the NFL, I mean, they could, this is how, this is how this team's been winning all season is they, they make it, they make it interesting. You cannot blame, you cannot, can't Those are, the, the Bills are not playing a high school team. They're all professional athletes. They were all drafted, just like the players on the on the Bills. The the coaches are all coaching for their jobs, right? The players want to get their next contract. Like everybody playing wants to win. And Fitzpatrick, we know he Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? But today for a lot of the game, he strapped the, the rest of the team on his back and almost willed them to, to win. Like Man, when I heard the Dolphins were starting Fitzpatrick, the task got much more difficult in my mind than than playing against Rosen. Like we can get into, you know, how we feel about him as a former Bills starter and like what a quality guy he is, but he has flashes of where he's a a quality quarterback. And we saw that today. It's not just I don't think that the Dolphins are just a team of scrubs. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. When I found out that Fitzpatrick was was starting, it was just like a collective like groan, like, oh, man, I really wish we were playing Josh Rosen this week. And Mike, you and I were talking just point spread-wise, the Bills being a 17-point favorite. I mean, you and I, we didn't bet on the game or anything, but we were both leaning towards the Dolphins covering, if anything, and the Bills still winning, which is what they did. The Bills still won by 10 points. I mean... I guess it was 10 points. It really was three points. We'll, we'll get into that later. It was, if it wasn't for that amazing onsides kick return for a touchdown by Micah Hyde, I mean, it was really just a three-point game. But yeah, yeah, it was Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it was It was a good game. It was The other thing you have to worry about too, which I guess doesn't get talked about enough, is that when a team is 0-5 like the Dolphins are, and their backs are against the wall, they either completely crumble or they fight like hell to to scratch and claw for a win. Because no team wants to go in 16. I mean, no team wants that on their record or their their career statistics, right? So I think offensively for the Bills today, uh, one thing that didn't help Josh Allen a lot was were the drops by Bills receivers. There were a couple of key drops. One in particular was that Dawson Knox drop on third down. The Bills would have easily had a first down in uh, the red zone. 
And unfortunately, that killed the drive. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I pretty much had enough with these Josh Allen running plays early in the first quarter where he's it's a designed run and and he's kind of he's being escorted by two huge blockers but at the same time he always gets hit at the end I don't know I kind of wish we would save these plays for when the game is online they're going for a third down or a touchdown or something a little bit more important than just like hey this is a second down play am I the only one that thinks that I don't know they seem to be pretty effective i mean a lot of times they get five to ten yards pick up a first down he's got like three big offensive linemen in front of him most of the time i just don't like the <laughs> i just don't like the fear of josh allen getting leveled by a uh, linebacker coming downhill or a safety diving at his knees that's all i'm worried about I, I i hate exposing him to not unnecessary hits because like you said john those plays do usually end in a net positive but I kind of wish we did them less off, less often. And kind it seems like every time you do it, you're rolling the dice, right? If the, if if everyone's looking for a franchise quarterback, and hopefully we have that in Allen, right? And like the season's derailed if he gets injured, and they and quarterbacks go go down with alarming frequency, <laughs> like this year more than any other. More than right? any you just year. saw it with Mahomes, um, you saw it with Wentz. In previous years, where it's just like your whole season gets derailed if your star quarterback goes out. So I can certainly agree with you. And then if you look at Cam Newton, right? Like, who was an MVP of the league, and you'd like to, and who 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 does stand in the pocket? It's Brady, and he's been doing it for twenty years now. And Cam Newton is, you know, who knows if he'll come back as a starter because he runs with the ball and takes those huge hits. He's always injured, always taking hits. Drew Brees is out. I mean, geez, how many how many quarterbacks this season? It's unreal. Nick Foles went out in the first game of the season, first half. It's like these guys just, I wouldn't put him on the same level necessarily as Carson Wentz and Drew Brees, but you get them, Patrick Mahomes. But all these guys are being lost for the season. On The, the quarterback's going to get hit enough as it is, just standing back there in the pocket, especially mm-hmm. the way that Allen has to evade pressure like he does because I don't know about you guys, but I think the this offensive line is kind of mediocre at pass protection sometimes and there are times where guys are just completely unblocked and the assignment is missed and Josh Allen is going to get hit because of the play in the the offensive line play I just don't want him taking any more hits on top of the ones he's already you know maybe if he was a Drew or a, a Tom Brady where he never did take a hit ever maybe I'd you know do one of the two of those plays but no matter what it always ends in a tackle unless he runs out of bounds or unless he somehow slides it's going to end up with him getting hit somehow. So you just like to avoid those hits as many as often as possible. You're totally wrong in this, John. Well, at least with a designed run, like it's designed. You know where he's going with the ball. He can, he can, he's getting better at sliding at the end of plays. Whereas if you call a pass play where the line might be like a turnstile and he's going to get hit that way, but you don't know which way and all this other stuff. So maybe it's better to have the design run. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's an interesting. I didn't think you were going to come up with a good point on that one, John. I'm going to be honest. I just not suspecting that. Um, well played. So, but still, I don't want him to get hit anymore. <laughs> you know what happens is someone's. There was one amazing play. Can we say for Josh Allen? And one of the reasons why he has to stay healthy is because he can do things back there in the pocket 
and still keep his eyes downfield more than a lot of quarterbacks in the league. There was one play where it still ended up in him getting sacked for like a two-yard loss, but he evaded like four different tacklers that just blew up the backfield. And Yeah, and he 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 evaded four and then he had time to throw it away, but he just ate it. <laughs> yeah. Well when that fifth guy came in and buried him. That one? Yes, yeah, so that's that's exactly yeah. the one I'm talking about. That guy named Taco, I think. Oh yeah. The ta- did he like was that his sack dance is making himself a taco for him? <laughs> for he he and his friends. I think he made his buddy a taco too. <laughs> it's like it's gotta be one of the lamest sack dances ever i mean you think about like kyle williams and the incredible hulk thing that he did and then you have dude making tacos (laughs) uh, off to the side not even not even enthusiastically just making them just i'm hungry anyway so yeah again alan alan i thought did enough today to to Again, huge, I guess we'll go into the stats of the game, but huge biggest stat was no turnovers today. No interceptions this game, no fumbles, and he's doing what he needs to do, which is kind of crazy because it's a little bit of a game manager approach, which we never thought Josh Allen would be, and he's not truly a game manager at this point, not like we've seen with other quarterbacks, you know, like a Trent Edwards or or whatever. Kyle Orton comes to mind. But he's still... He's still not making mistakes, and he's still taking some chances downfield. Now, mind you, he hasn't made any connections downfield this entire season. What is he, John? Like zero for nine or something like that? You found that tweet from Cover One. Yeah, I forget the exact numbers, but it's pretty bad when he's throwing them those deep passes. Like they're very rarely complete um, over between last year and this year. It's like forty plus air yards. I want to say he's zero for nine this year, and like two for twenty five. Between last year and this well, year, he had that wide open pass to Roberts. Yeah, he, that was within like 15, 15 yards. <laughs> so I, you know, better the ball, the ball was in, Roberts was completely wide open. Yeah, blew the coverage. Yeah, yeah, he was within fifteen Boom. yards. Yeah, and it wasn't like Andre. They showed the replay. I was like, oh, maybe Andre Roberts. You know, he stopped for a minute, didn't think the ball was going to come to him or something. No, he was sprinting as fast as he possibly could, and Allen just. Uh, He's just he's just not connecting on those. That's one of those if there was one thing, well there's a few things I'd like to improve in Josh Allen, but if that was one of them would be his ability to not completely overthrow these guys on those wide open plays. That would be one of them. Guys on the defense, I thought that the defense was really rough for most of the game for the first two and a half to three quarters of the game. Um they really made Ryan Fitzpatrick look like Brett Favre out there at times. I mean, he had consecutive 75-yard touchdown drives in the first half. And like John mentioned, I think the team really missed Matt Milano in not only defending the run and plugging up holes, but also the intermediate passing game. And luckily, the defense again came in and bailed out the entire team. And the Bills offense found a way in the fourth quarter, like they always do. Josh Allen leading leading the win in the fourth quarter, as he does. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm... is it okay to overlook some of these issues that he's have, having during the game, throwing the ball and, and evading pressure as long as he leads the Bills back in the fourth quarter and wins the game for them? Well, it's better than how the Bills used to be where they were a first-half team, and you were always worried if the Bills didn't have a three-touchdown lead going into halftime, they were just going to blow it, right? <laughs> and sometimes even that three-touchdown lead. Sometimes that didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. 
So it was it was a rough game by the defense for the beginning of it. The, the one thing that that I struggled with and and it really angered me to a point was the Bills were coming off a bye week too, and I was kind of counting on this game as almost like a second bye week because of how bad the Dolphins had been. I haven't really seen any games with the with the Dolphins, but from what I'd been reading, from what I the highlights I'd seen, they they pretty much given up, right? At least it appeared to be. But man, they came back. They came out as if they were the four and one team in the beginning of this game, and the Bills were the zero and five team. So it was good to see the Bills. I mean, it's a good thing the Bills are coached as well as they are by Sean McDermott, and they are as mentally tough as they are, because a lesser coached team would have easily rolled over after the way that the first half had gone, and and the Bills were uh, were getting boos from the crowd there in New Era Field as they were running into the tunnel. I mean, deservedly so. They were playing off. I think it was fourteen to nine going into half. And then the the Dolphins were getting the ball back. So um, it was rough. Let's go into our stats of the game for today's game. The the most important stat, actually, John, you have a really good one. Let's Why don't you give the, the stat of the game for stats of the game? Okay. Uh, so this is a stat of the game, more so a stat of the season. Josh Allen, when he plays in the fourth quarter, the Bills are 5-0. and Josh Allen, king of the fourth. All right, so now, as always, I have a quiz for John and Mike. Quiz of the game from stats of the game. So the Dolphins had, offensively, 381 total yards today. What was the next closest amount in the other five games the Dolphins played this season? What was the next closest amount of yardage, total offensive yardage, the Dolphins played er, over in the other five games that the Dolphins played this season? So 381 today. What would you guess is the next closest? I'll give you a hint. It's less. It's definitely less. It's not more. 225. Mike? I'm going to say 226, Nate. Mike wins. It was just yes. 283 yards. And way too low, John. It's, it's way too low, John. <laughs> a GV team could score. It could have at least 225 yards of offense in the NFL. So the Dolphins had 381 yards today, and the next closest this season was 283. The Dolphins topped their season high by almost 100 yards today of total offense. They they just looked at points. It, it looked like there was nothing that the Bills could do to stop them. Again, I hope that's more or less uh, an issue of Matt Milano missing the game, like you said, John, and uh, I think some of that has to do with it. Another interesting stat I saw on the broadcast was with 426 left in the second quarter, um, the Dolphins played their first. Uh, the Dolphins played their first offensive play with the lead all season, so that was good to see. That I'm glad that we could be the team that the Dolphins had their first lead of the entire season with. Josh Allen was 16 for 26, 202 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero fumbles. The most important stats of the game: no turnovers at all by the Bills. Frank Gore led the way for the running attack. 11 carries for 55 yards. He had a 5-yard per carry average. Josh Allen had 4 rushes for 32 yards, 8-yard per carry average. Devin Singletary, 7 carries today, only 26 yards, 3.7 yards per carry. I thought Devin Singletary would have a bigger game today, um, but no, not not so far. Maybe they, I'm sure they're scaling him back a little bit, but still, I think they, they view Frank Gore as the bell cow thus far. John Brown. 
the Bills' number one. What does that mean? A bell cow. Um, it's it's a cow that can carry a load, a load of uh, more like so. In a herd, is there one cow that has the bell, and that's like the biggest one for the herd? So you know where the herd is, like the bells ringing, and you always put it on the biggest one because it can carry the bell. Oh, I don't know if it's the biggest one. Maybe it's just the only one that's able to. It's always the one in. It's always a lead cow, right? That's got to be it. The cow that's always leading. There's a. There's. There must be a. No, maybe there is no lead cow. This isn't like a herd, is it? Do cows get herded? The cows get herded. I saw city slickers. That's like the defining characteristic of cows. <laughs> it's their herdable. Herdable. <laughs> Mike, do you remember that movie? This is completely off Bill's topic. Do you remember that movie we saw for the Drover? <laughs> <laughs> so John, there was a, there was a point where Mike and I after college would go once a week to watch a dollar movie at this dollar you theater. You think sound like degenerates once a week? Jeez. Well, like, you know, you had classes and we would go catch a movie after class. Oh yeah. 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 It wasn't like once a week on the dot just cuz we had nothing to do. It was like do. reward. Yeah, it was a reward. I mean, you went to class, that was your reward. I just tagged along cuz I wanted to see a movie. <laughs> But the good thing about it being at the Dollar Theater in Rochester was that you didn't care what movie you saw. You just picked the best of the whatever was there. <laughs> and there were times that we already saw the good ones already. So we're like, all right, well, let's see this one. You know, it was actually good because it opened your eyes to movies that you would never normally see. One of these movies being a movie called Australia. They had a very star-studded cast. They had like Nicole Kidman. It had uh, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> and at one point, the very beginning... They had a bunch of cattle that they were herding. <laughs> they said they lost their their drover. <laughs> I think that was the term for the guy who used to herd the cattle. They said who we drives lost, the cattle. Drives right? the cattle. The drover, right? For some reason, it's drover. And they're like, "Hey, where are we gonna find another drover?" And it just so happened that Hugh Jackman's actual name was Drover, <laughs> and he was standing roughly twenty feet away. 20 feet away from the conversation, droving other cattle away. But anyway, it was just, anyway, that has nothing to do with the bills. Just the obviousness of it was just. I feel like for that story, you have to tell that the main character's name is Drover. Like they drop it over and over and over again. Before that scene, you definitely know his name. Before that scene, right? Yeah. It's like, hi, Drover. How are you today, (laughs) Drover? What's up? Have you been droving cattle as a normal Drover would in this? Droving, this droving type of field John, we're in. John is like disgusted. Would you recommend this movie? Absolutely not. <laughs> Terrible. That, that was possibly one of the best scenes in the movie too. And it was, yeah. Poor John has to listen to this stupid conversation. Anyway, so Bill's, Bill's cut le- all this. Cut all. Oh, this. it's it, it'll be it'll be. I'm not cutting. So the leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills is John Brown. Again today, five receptions, 83 yards, one touchdown on six targets. John Brown, one of the best players on offense for the Bills. Next on the list is so far down is Patrick DeMarco. That one reception in the beginning of the game for 27 yards on one target. So that just goes to show you how the Bills were doing passing-wise. On the defensive side of the ball for the Bills, Tredavious White with that one interception. We also had uh, Jordan Phillips with the only sack of today. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Jordan Phillips and Ed Oliver. With a sack today, Ed Oliver with that weird kind of sack on a pass run option by Albert Wilson or whatever. Who cares? A sack is a sack, right? So Ed Oliver notches his first career sack today. Jordan Poyer had seven tackles leading the charge. 
two tackles for loss. Levi Wallace had seven tackles. Levi, Levi Wallace not having his best game in coverage today. I think this was one of the few games that he's really been exposed. So far this season, he's been a pleasant surprise. People were worried about him having a sophomore slump. Today, they really kind of exposed him and uh, took advantage of him. On the Dolphins side of the ball, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 23 for 35, 282 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Rushing the ball for the Dolphins, Mark Walton. I've never heard of him. Mark Walton, 14 carries for 66 yards today. Ryan Fitzpatrick had six carries for 13 yards. He had that one touchdown. And Kalen Balazs had three carries for seven yards of that one with the other touchdown running the ball. Devontae Parker, or I'm sorry, Preston Williams, the leading wide receiver for the Dolphins today. Six receptions for 82 yards on eight targets. Devontae Parker, five yard, or five receptions for 55 yards on 10 targets and one touchdown. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we're going to go into our plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers. So stick around. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to the Circling the Wagons podcast, our recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us and talking Bills with us on this victory Sunday. It is a great feeling. The Bills are 5-1. and one. Is there is there a team that even has two losses so far in the AFC? I believe the Bills are... I believe the next closest team has is three and three, four and two, three and three. I can't remember, John. You sent that tweet out from Howard Simon. So the Chiefs and the Ravens are five and two, and the Colts are four and two. But those would also be your current division winners. So for the wild card spot, currently, you got the Bills at five and one. The Raiders are three and three, and the Texans are four and three. So they're they're two games behind. Great. Not even stat. Not even stats of the game. Great stat, John. So let's get into our plays of the game, our big plays of the game, our sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game. Sweet, sassy, molassy. Get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown. And that's brought to you by our Tee Public store, which we are selling a lot of different Bill-styled designs on T-shirts, hoodies. It's hoodie weather out right now. Hoodies, coffee mugs, anything you can name, uh, wall art, flags, whatever. And uh, some pretty cool things are... Most popular designs by far are Josh Allen hurdling the haters, jumping over the word haters, and then our trust the process Sean McDermott shirt, where he's sprinkling the process over his uh, elbow like uh, the salt bay. So funny, it's it's I guess it's mediocrely funny, and uh, <laughs> you can find all of this at our T Public store. Check all of these designs out and more. We have about fifteen unique designs there at tpublic.com/stores/ctwpod. It's tpublic.com/stores. Slash CTW pod. Three words for you. Treat, yo, sell. So the for me, the sweet sassy molassy play of the game has to be the Trey White interception. Play fake. Fitzpatrick with pressure coming. Fires and it is. Is it picked off? It is. Tredavious White. Lost his helmet, but got the football. As the Dolphins are so. This was this was an interesting set of plays for me, where you have the Dolphins 
on fourth and one, doing having basically deciding to do a fake field goal, getting the first down, having first and goal with still up fourteen to nine, about to go up twenty one to nine, and Jordan Phillips has a huge sack, and Trey White intercepts the ball on the two yard line. It was a huge play. It was a turning point of the game for me. And the Bills end up driving the ball 98 yards to get their touchdown and to take the lead. So for me, that is the play of the game for today's win. John, Mike, no, let's go with Mike. Mike, what was your play of the game? Yeah, of course. No question. That's definitely. That was the turning point of the game. The momentum shifted for the team. The whole stadium came alive. But before that play, when it was second and goal on the – or before the second goal play with the with the interception that you're talking about with Trey White, when Jordan Phillips sacks Fitzpatrick for the big loss. And blowing up that play is Jordan Phillips. The ball came out. Ball was free as Fitzpatrick was going to the ground. And Fitzpatrick was able to scoop it up. But it's the former Dolphin, Jordan Phillips, with his fifth sack of the season. The ball is just sitting on the turf. Everybody's like celebrating, blah, 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 and Fitzpatrick's the only one fighting for it. Yeah. Like, that was a little enraging. So this is not your sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game, it sounds like. The well, Jordan the Phillips play was, is, yeah, yeah. was the play of the game. So, so, you were, so you weren't so much happy with the Jordan Phillips sack as you were upset that he didn't, that no one went after the fumble or both. Well, the sack is great, but the ball was clearly out. And Fitzpatrick is on the ground rolling around, and he's surrounded by four or five bills. That just irks me when they celebrate and and it's not over. Like had white not made that interception, like not getting that fumble, not causing the turnover there would be crucial. That's 14 point swing. Absolutely. Good call. Good call. I, I feel like they've done that already this season. I can't remember exactly which play that happened, but I feel like too early celebration has happened before this team, this defense, John, what is your sweet sassy molassy play of the game? I'm going to have to go with the uh, Tredavious White interception. Um, basically, for all the reasons you guys just said. I mean, down 14-9, Dolphins get the ball. 10-minute drive all the way down the field. And then you get the pick, and then there's the obvious turning point. Yeah. That was... Fitz magic turns Fitz tragic. <laughs> finally goes in our favor. You, you've been saving that up all podcast, haven't you? <laughs> I've been saving that since, what, two. 2.30? <laughs> you have a big bold today? You have big bold letters in your show notes. Fitz magic <laughs> turns Fitz tragic. Boom. Fitz magic. I love it. You know, there were some also, I, I love the Jordan Phillips knifing through the O-line play. If, if that play doesn't happen, then the next play doesn't happen. That was a really good call on that one. There were there were some really cool plays. I mean, even Tre'Davious White with that um, with that uh, the strip of I can't even remember which player it was in the Dolphins, but it was a strip play that caused the fumble where Jerry Hughes picked it up and he ran for like twenty yards. That was an amazing play by Trey White. I I, I just want to give all and the that credit. led to the Cole Beasley touchdown. Yes, yes, good call, Mike. There was a and we can't not talk about that Micah Hyde onside's kick where he catches it in midair, thinks he's probably going to get hit, turns around absolutely untouched, runs for a touchdown. That was a really cool play. I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen that happen. It's only happened 11 times in NFL history. And I don't know if I ever remember that happening. 
I know three. I of feel them. like you've done that to me like thirty times in Madden. <laughs> yeah, well, I the you, so that's happened eleven times, um, at least since the merger, and three of those three of those times were Bills plays. It was Michael Hyatt, Henry Jones, and then some guy back in nineteen seventy, Greg Jones, I think. Damn, nice, so John. nice, John. Thank you to BuffaloRumblings.com. That pulled up that one. That was a good one. Was that is that where you got that from? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, thanks to the great writers of BuffaloRumblings.com. I believe that was Sean Murphy, I want to say. My man Sean Murphy. I interviewed him over the summer. Great guest. Um that Jordan Phillips play where he knifed through the offensive line, did that not look exactly like a Tech Mobile play where you guess the exact play that the other team's doing and you just end up just sacking the guy for like a 10-yard loss? It's actually the comment I made during the game when he when he did that. Who'd you tell that to your wife who never ever played Tech Mobile? <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh, Tech Super Bowl. And she's like, "What?" <laughs> You're like, "Ah, uh, I'll just text it tonight to Mike and Nate." <laughs> All right, let's go into uh, players of uh, Wall of Fame player of the game. So hey, let's play of the game. I would say two that fits touchdown run. That was awesome. Oh, you want to? I would give him props for that run. Oh, okay. All right. I dude, just, you don't remember when he, he played for the Bills? You can't. He's a good dude. I, I used to love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I loved him too much that I kept believing in him even when there was nothing left to believe in. I Who didn't love Fitzmagic? We all wanted him. He was the Amish rifle, right? Loved him. <laughs> loved him. The guy, the players loved him. The teammates loved him. It was hard not to love. Fear the beard. His, I read his his pregame quote was, when I think back in my career, I see myself in a Buffalo Bills jersey. Really? I'm, did, I, I don't know if he ever would coach or something like that, but he just always like seems like such a stand-up guy, smart football guy. Like You'd love to see him, if he ever wanted to coach, like come back to the Bills. Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, if we needed a backup quarterback, you know, I Thankfully, we don't, but, dude, I like Fitzpatrick. Yeah. That was a hack of a run. Absolutely. Why does he have to keep coming to teams within our division, though? Why can't I just I, – I was rooting for him so hard last year when he was with Tampa Bay. Like, I wanted him to make the Super Bowl. But then he goes to plays for the Jets. He plays for the Dolphins. I just can't root for him then. You know, give me any other team in the NFL besides those three in our division, and I'm going to root so hard for him. Like, he's just one of those players that I've always – yeah, like you mentioned, Mike, always admired, always appreciated, and miss a little bit, you know? Insane. Same a little lukewarm is all. Uh, well, compared to you, I mean a little lukewarm. <laughs> but that that play, right, gave gave himself up to at the goal line. Yeah, if you want to talk about play of the game, uh, for that being for the Dolphins as far as that goes, and it being an amazing run, it was absolutely an amazing run. And it was caused by a negative play by Jerry Hughes not wrapping up Ryan Fitzpatrick when he had him dead to rights in the backfield and Ryan Fitzpatrick being like, Oh, Hey, well, I might as well run with it. <laughs> Escape that, you know, huge hit. And yeah, he just ran, he even took a huge shot by Micah Hyde. Didn't even matter. It wasn't even that big of a hit in the grand scheme of things. And yeah, you appreciate it. I respect it. I wasn't happy. I respect it. All right, John, let's go into wall of famer for today's win over the dolphins. Who do you have on your wall of fame? Tredavious white. He had caused the forced fumble. He had the interception. Both were crucial plays. Both led to uh, touchdowns. Player of the game. Yeah, I can't really. Same. Yeah, same. 
say Mike, I can't really, I can't really dispute that or come up with anyone better. He was absolutely the standout for today's game. Um, again, just willing, just he, he. It's like he put the team on his back. For all the people that criticized Tre'Davious White during the season, that he's not. I think we were we were spoiled with his rookie season because there were at least of those nine wins, there were at least four or five of those. In looking back, that he pretty much won for them on a game-ending interception. As the other team was driving for a touchdown for the go-ahead score or to tie it up, he ended with an interception. So. People didn't see that last year. They're like, is this guy any good? And now you're starting to see it again this year. So really happy for Tredavious White. Now, Wall of Shame. Now, this is a little bit tougher to come up with. I mean, there's a couple of, there's a few different options in my mind. But, Mike, I'll give you this one first. Who do you have on your Wall of Shame for today's game? I don't know. Okay. All right. You told me you were going to read the Twitter ones and I could pick one from well, there. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if that's what we really did? We just ran through all the Twitter ones and be like, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to steal that one. No. I thought that's what we were going to do. (laughs) I just gave away that. I distinctly remember you saying, oh, Mike, don't worry if you don't have somebody. I'll read through all the Twitter responses and you can pick one from there. (laughs) John, what about you? Who's on your wall of shame for today's today's win? Uh, I think I'll go with Dawson Knox. Um, He had a really bad critical drop and then also a really bad penalty um on third and short later in the game as well um so yeah i'll go with Knox. that's a good one john he had a rough game he's had a couple of critical drops so far this season after that huge play that he made against the Bengals. i have this is what i have on my wall of shame is the bills o-line and their pre-snap penalties their holding penalties and their mediocre pass blocking so that's what I have is it's 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 great that they come to play when it matters in the fourth quarter. It's just during the game. There just seem to be way too many guys getting to Josh Allen too quickly, in my opinion. Uh, more than I'd like to see, more than Josh Allen needs. Luckily, he is as mobile as he is, and he has learned to evade pressure pretty well. He just learns. He just needs to learn better what to do with the ball when the pressure gets there, but he's doing the best he can so far. All right, so let's go to Twitter, like Mike mentioned. Let's go to Twitter. Let's find out, Mike, which one you would like to use as your wall of shame as I go over all of them for wall of fame and wall of shame. So in like Flynn was in before everyone else was in. He says, wall of fame, Matt Milano. See what happens when he's not around. That's a that's a really good point. I love that point by, like, by in, in like Flynn. Wall of shame, Jerry Hughes. Can he actually sack the quarterback? <laughs> hmm. I don't know if he's just afraid to hit him so hard or he really just can't rack up rack up a sack because it's pretty frustrating. All right. Mike Taylor in for like the 10th week in a row, even though there's only been six weeks this season. Wall of Fame, Trey White for the kick in the butt that lit up the D in the special teams. Wall of Shame, the entire game plan of the offense and the defense in the first half. People were screaming trap game halfway through the first. It really felt like one. That was rough. That was a rough first half by everything. And yeah, trap game it's hard as Bills fans to look at any game as like, oh yeah, you know, we're definitely going to destroy this other team. You kind of hope they're going to. They didn't today, but, you know, they've won like they have won every other every other game that they played have, has been like this, whether it's been, they just kind of play to their competition almost. Is that is that an accurate statement? Do they play to their competition when it comes to who they're playing against because they just barely beat the teams that they play against or they barely lose to the, the Patriots? I'd say that's a fair assessment so far, wouldn't you? They haven't lost by a great deal. They haven't won by a great deal. Yeah, I mean, it's a small sample size. So. 
Let's go Buffalo writes in wall of fame. Second half, Josh Allen, wall of shame. First half, Josh Allen. Player of the game, he has his Tredavis White for sure. He got he got our mojo back. Turning point of the game right there, Tredavis White interception. Jason Statham, wall of fame, has to be the Trey White interception. It has to be Trey White, his one interception, one forced fumble, one pass deflected, five tackles, just awesome. Wall of shame, team discipline. Far too many stupid penalties. They were start. They will start costing us games at some point in the season. That's a good. That's a good point. The Bills had nine penalties for eighty-three yards today, and Jason Statham has a special mention for Ed Oliver, first NFL career sack. Great point, like that. I also have some other stats of the game. I forgot to give these away too. This is a really well put together podcast. If you guys can't tell, just really, really well put together. <laughs> Tredavious White tallied two second. I'm, I'm reading all these other stats that I had written down. Forgot to mention Tredavious White tallied two second half interceptions to help the Bills notch their fifth win. Since entering the NFL in 2017, White leads the league with 14 second-half takeaways. Josh Allen led a fourth-quarter comeback, tying Joe Ferguson with five for the most fourth-quarter comebacks by a Bills quarterback in their first two seasons. Allen also finished the game with a season-high 111.4 passer rating. Safety Micah Hyde returned an onside kick for a touchdown, the first onside kick return for a touchdown in the NFL since... Taiwan Hagler for the for the Indianapolis versus Jacksonville game in 2010. Today also marked Hyde's 100th NFL career game. With 305 total yards of offense, the Bills extended their streak of games with 300 plus yards to seven games, the first such Bill streak since 2011-2012. By allowing just 21 points today, the Bills defense has only allowed 91 points this season the fewest points by a Bills team through six games since 1993. Also, the last time the Bills went to a Super Bowl, 1993. Just saying. Wide receiver John Brown is up to 473 yards in the season. Brown finished today's game just two yards shy of tying Bill Miller's for the Bill Miller for in 1973 for the team's franchise record for receiving yards through a player's first six games with the Bills. So, cool there. All right, let's go back to our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers. Tyler Durden's in wall of shame. He gives Leslie Frazier the entire bills D minus Trey. Not sure why he continually rushes only four on every pass play, even against the Dolphins team that you should pin your ears back against wall of fame. Louis- <laughs> Louisiana's greatest hockey goalie. Trey saved the day white. Ooh, I like that one. Trey saved the day white that based on what I mentioned earlier about him saving a lot of the games in the 2017 season, man, maybe that's a, uh, that's a nickname that could uh, stay on this podcast, Tyler. Trey saved the day white. All right, you guys remember that. Don't forget next week. Devin White's in wall of famer for is uh, Tredavis White wall of shame. First half, first half everything. TV nerd is in wall of shame. First half Buffalo Bills. Everything, just everything. First half wall of fame. Tredavis White, Micah Hyde, and McDermott for whatever halftime ass whooping slash scream fest he handed out to the team. Hashtag go Bills. Ah. Can you see Sean McDermott cussing those guys out in the locker room at halftime? Or do you think he's more of the opinion of, I feel like he's a, he's a very soft-spoken guy, but just like you, he's like, he's like one of those teachers or he's like your dad in public, right? So your dad would never scream at you in public, but he'd give you a very firm talking to. I feel like that's what Sean McDermott does in the locker room. What do you guys think? I sort of envision him doing a lot of clapping. 
clapping in the locker room and on the sidelines. <laughs> Kathleen's in wall of fame. By the way, Mike, are any of these on your wall of shame so far? Have you been able to take anyone else from Twitter? I don't know if I've heard the right one. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to keep going then. Kathleen says wall of fame, Tredavious White and Steven Hauschka. John Brown, Micah Hyde. Oh, geez, man, the whole team. <laughs> no, those are those are some good ones. Hauschka doesn't get enough appreciation for his first field goals today. Wall of Shane, Brian Dable, Dawson Knox, and the offensive line for penalties. Luckily, we hit on all of those for the most part. Jeffrey Waddy is in. Waddy? Waddy? Wall of Fame, John Brown. Wall of Shame, defensive line. And Wall of Meh, <laughs> Josh Allen. That's interesting. Should we add the Wall of Meh to the podcast? Mega Weapon is in, Wall of Fame, Tredavious White, Stephen Hauschka, and Josh Allen, Wall of Shame, Levi Wallace, and Starla Tulele. Starla Tulele. I guess that must be from him just, it must just be from the run game, him not plug, plugging up enough holes or whatever. I can't make enough calls on that. I'm not watching the game that closely, or I haven't rewatched the game since then. From what I understand, Starla Tulele has had a pretty good season up till this point, so it's hard to say, but... Hey, maybe he's seeing something I'm not, but I definitely saw the Levi Wallace getting burnt multiple times. Adam Talmage is in Wall of Fame, Tredavious White, the interception and forced fumble, the running game, uh, Gore, Motor, and Allen, and Josh Allen. No turnovers and two touchdowns in a well-played second half. There's a lot of Wall of Fame. There's like a Wall of Famer, honorable mention, a hat tip, a nod. Wall of Shame, Dawson Knox, three drops in one half. Deep in in first half, deep in Miami territory, and then the very the almost costly penalty in the red zone on third quarter or on third down in the fourth quarter, and the linebackers without uh, Milano, he basically writes Milano's absence seems obvious, and that seems to be a common theme with today's game. Let's hope that Matt Milano's back for next week's game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think I'm going to end on this one, Eric Lego. I love I love this. He starts with unpopular opinion. I love unpopular opinions. Let's see. Jerry Jerry Hughes on the wall of shame. He picked up a fumble, which was which was a very good play. But this guy hasn't been rushing the QB effectively enough. And again, without watching the tape, I can't tell. But I'll tell you what. He's not getting home enough. I would agree with Eric in, in that respect. He's not sacking. He, we just mentioned that Ryan Fitzpatrick touchdown. It doesn't happen without Jerry Hughes missing Ryan Fitzpatrick in the backfield. Okay, we're going to do one more. Okay, here, this one's from Beanie. She she writes, Wall of Fame, Tredavious White, two, two turnovers, and single-handedly changed the momentum of the game. Very nice. Wall of Shame, though, Dawson Knox. Love the guy, but to miss catches that hit him in the hands and a costly holding penalty, rookie mistakes that we that need to get fixed. I thought we'd see a little bit more of Tyler Croft today, but I think they're just trying to ease him in because he wasn't used nearly enough in the passing <coughs> game. So, all right, thank you for everyone. Again, for hitting us up on Twitter, for replying to that. Uh, thank you. We're, we'll probably read your tweet at some point if we didn't read it after this game because I, it would take us hours to read them all. But let's just uh, say that there were uh, there were a couple of injuries for today's game that I wanted to bring up real quick. Kirk Coleman left the game with a hamstring. Um, Duke Williams left the game with a shoulder injury, but I believe he returned to the game too, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Kevin Johnson left the game with a head injury. So, um, you know, we'll see where where we left, where we uh, go from there with tomorrow's or next week's tomorrow next week's game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Hopefully, hopefully we get Matt Milano back. 
And yeah, I guess I, oh, and I can't believe I didn't bring this up at the beginning of the podcast, but we're doing a giveaway on this podcast for something cool. We've done one earlier. We had that eight by 10 end of the drought AFC playoff picture graph that we gave away um, in the preseason. And this one is something really cool. I came across a Jersey, a signed Jersey at an auction. And I thought when I had it, I'm like, oh, this would be really cool to have. You know, I have a few other jerseys. I'm like, hey, let me just let me do a giveaway for our listeners to the podcast. You guys that are listening, the people that are with us week in and week out, or maybe the people that are just listening to us for the first time. We wanted to give out this um, authentic autograph signed Bills jersey. And uh, okay, so I'll give you guys a hint, Mike and John. It is a Bills player and it's a Bills wide receiver. I want you guys to guess who you think this jersey of this jersey is of. So it's a it's a nice jersey, brand new, sewn on numbers and everything, not the cheap ones that we used to buy. Signed, authentic, certified. Who do you think it is? Bill's wide receiver, John. And you're giving it away. You don't want it. <laughs> well, I would I would love it, but I, you know I I have a few jerseys. I have a couple of jerseys. Want to give away to our listeners? You know they they are co-host eligible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you meet some of the criteria that I'm going to list below, wouldn't that be shitty though? Like if I was just like, yeah, Mike, you win. <laughs> like, and I just hand it to you in I, person. I, I wouldn't think it's awesome. It's not a joke. Have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll right, find out something stupid. No, no. I'll find out what you have to do, but just guess the wide receiver first. John, you had a guess. What was that? Uh, Zay Jones. <laughs> nice. Nice. No, it is not is Zay it? Jones. It is a current Bills wide receiver. He's actually on the roster right now. That would have been, what a, I was what a, gonna say Lee Evans. What a shitty giveaway that would have been. actually current? No, he's actually current, yeah. He's on the Bills roster. He played today. He was on the field, and he was not inactive. <laughs> so John guesses Zay Jones. What do you think, Mike? Andre Roberts. <laughs> nope. Nope. John? Cole Beasley. No, no, that's a good guess, though. Love Cole Beasley, but no, not Cole Beasley. Mike? Did Ray Ray McLeod see any action today? <laughs> Practice squad member Ray Ray McLeod. No, that's a good one. He technically is on the Bills team. No, no, this is, is. Am I right? No, no, it is actually Bills' number one wide receiver and one of the best players in, in today's game, John Brown. I have an authentic, certified, signed John Brown jersey. Um, this is this is cool because I was able to get it in an auction, and you know, thought of obviously the listeners and everything like that, and. Wanted to, you know, thank you guys for listening. I mean, so this is so this isn't going to be a quick, easy giveaway, and this is a giveaway that could last possibly, potentially a few weeks because there's going to be a few criteria in order to get this John Brown side jersey. Yeah, it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. Hey, this is a. How much do you think a jersey goes for? Like, no joke. Like, just if you just buy a jersey, they're roughly all around the same price. How much do you think it goes for? NFL shop, hundred bucks, right? I don't know. I think it's about a hundred bucks. <laughs> I want to say it's about a hundred bucks okay. for a jersey in general, and then you add the the autograph and signature with it too. The way you're describing, don't they have some that are like, oh, these are the legit two hundred fifty dollar game? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. A, that is that is what I yeah the two hundred. So figure, yeah, that's that sounds even better, Mike. Yeah, the figure the two hundred fifty dollar <laughs> stitched jersey with the numbers, the letters, all that cool stuff. And then you also figure the signature on top of it, probably potentially a three to five hundred dollar value, right? Easily. That's what I'm giving away on the podcast. So, so here's the criteria I've given away after me talking about it for ten minutes. First thing you have to be doing is so following us. You have to be following us on social media. So that means either Twitter, Facebook, 
Or now we have an Instagram account. And our Instagram account is just like our Twitter handle, at CTWPod, like Circling the Wagons Pod. Follow us on all three of these, or any any or all three of these platforms. Actually, you increase your odds the more you share this post. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a picture and share it on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So I didn't I didn't mention this, but on Facebook, just search Circling the Wagons Podcast. That's all you have to do, Circling the Wagons Podcast. So you have to retweet or share this photo. Now on Instagram, you cannot retweet or share, I don't believe. I'm new to Instagram, but I don't believe you can do that. So you have to like it if you're doing it from Instagram. But if you're on Facebook, you share the photo. If you're on Twitter, you retweet the photo. And you have to be following us again. And then the third thing is you have to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. So what would be easiest to do would be like to use your your Twitter handle or whatever. You need to post like a flow chart. Man. This, there's going to be a oh yeah, I'm going to have a, there's going to be a tweet about this, and then the next tweet after that is going to be all what is what is Twitter? 200 characters, 250 characters, or whatever it is, 140, 280. I don't know, but the next tweet after that is going to be all the official rules. So you're going to have to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you don't have an iPhone. You just have to log into iTunes.com. Just have to create a quick account and then just leave us a review on there. Just search for Circling or Buffalo. We're going to be under the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel and then just do it there. So leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. So, first is follow us on social media. Second is retweet or share or like on Instagram. Third is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And the fourth, which is the easiest thing to do, is just listen to us every week because we will announce the winner next week. So, that's all you have to do is just listen. All you have to do in the fifth thing is PayPal us $25. <laughs> if enough people PayPal us $25, you will win this signed jersey by John Brown. So, okay, let's go over this again because it's going to be a lot. Number one, follow us on social media. Probably pretty easy. Probably most of you are doing this already. Second is retweet or share this jersey. Number three is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And number four is listen each week to see if you've won. Now, the good thing about this is everyone's like, ah, like what's the point, right? It's going to take so much work to win this stupid jersey. Well, guess what? Probably only like three people are going to do this. So you have like a one in three chance of winning this. So if you're willing to go through all the work, which you should, because like John mentioned, or like Mike mentioned before, it's probably like a $500 value. Um, it's worth it. So all these things and more, and you guys are going to win a John Brown signed autographed jersey. But like I said, if the winner is not, does not email me, tweet me, message me, whatever. Do you have to do all those three, three things? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the Apple podcast review, you don't have to do every week. No, you just no, have to I meant to reach out. They had to. They, they, no, if, <laughs> they have to share that they reached out on Facebook, retweeted on Twitter. Hey, Nate, I reached out to you. No, no, you don't have to do this. You just have to, uh, I will message you if you, uh, or you just have to listen each week, see if you want message me to let me know that you've listened and that you heard that you're a winner, and I'll send it to you. So free shipping too. What an amazing! You idea. forgot to mention the time that you have to receive this notification by. It has to be between three and three o five a.m. on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so many things, man. Mountain Jeez. time, mountain time only. <laughs> so you have to do the math if you're on the East Coast um, or and, the West Coast. And solve a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so right. so yeah so all those things i'll i'll 
let you guys know. And if and the good thing about this is if you don't win this week, it rolls over to the next week, the next week after. I mean, we could be going into the Super Bowl and doing a podcast and, you know, still haven't announced a winner. So lots of cool things for that. All right. I spent way too long on the giveaway of the John Brown autographed jersey. Um, the Bills are playing next week against the Philadelphia Eagles. They're currently playing against the Dallas Cowboys, so I don't have the record for them right now, but they're going to be playing them in Buffalo, part of the three-game home game stretch. And, uh, yeah, so we appreciate all you guys listening to us and taking the time to talk about this Bills win over the Miami Dolphins, 31-21 to today. So signing off for John. Go Bills. For Mike. Go Bills, 79% chance of making the playoffs, and it just keeps going up every week. I love that. And for me, Nate, go Bills, go win that John Brown jersey. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.